Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, this is Drewski. You're watching Jalen and Jacoby. Y'all better get here. Coulda, woulda, shoulda tours on the way. He is Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What Ball is up. it that we do? I love it when the bat makes its appearance on the program. We have a special appearance coming later. Who's joining us later? Comedian, funny man, industry tastemaker, and entertainer. Drewski is joining us next. Jalen Rose, everyone expected the Eagles to stay undefeated last night against the Commanders on Monday Night Football, but guess what? My guy, Taylor Heineke, had a day, and the Commanders came away with the big upset. What do you think about my guy, Heineke, who you always call Heineken? So here's the thing. I can't lie. Since the beginning, you have been riding for Taylor Heineke, and it wasn't just because he looked like you. It's because you saw something in him. And Mm -hmm. for Carson Wentz, he just lost his job. I believe he just lost his job. And I have to say this, on the play they just showed late in the game, my brother, Detroit native, Brandon Graham, I like how he owned. Even though it was a weak call, I can't put myself in that position, and that was on me. And it's only right to see your guy, Heineken. How's he got a push light, though? He needs a Heineken. If your name is Taylor Heineke, you need to drink Heineken instead of Bush Light. But I love this thing where he got him iced up. He's got his shirt on, unlike Kirk Cousins. But what what a, what a big win for the Commanders. They were aided in this win by some mishaps and turnovers by the Eagles. Do you think that is what did them in? The Eagles had more turnovers in this game than they had the entire season. This was a major play right there. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you if they if, if they, he doesn't fumble that ball, and then right here, A.J. Brown normally catches this, but you got to give the DB a lot of credit. And I want to also give some credit to the physicality of the commanders. They were flying around. They contested everything. They did a good job of making the Eagles look vulnerable via the turnovers. So I give them a lot of credit. But, man, if you're the Eagles after this game, Y'all telling yourselves we gave this game away. Yeah. That that's and really what you that's really what they were saying after this game, I'm sure. Absolutely. And the pressure of being undefeated has been relieved. And one thing that's worth noting is the NFC East right now, top to bottom, looks pretty stout, especially with Chase Young rejoining the commanders. There is no easy outs in this division. Jalen, another thing I want to bring up is the NFC as a whole. We had the Eagles as sort of like the top tier. After last night's game, the odds of who is going to win the NFC have been realigned. And when I look at this list, right, and when I look at the question at the bottom of the screen, which team do you trust the most? 
Surprisingly, I have to say the San Francisco 49ers would be my pick to come out of the NFC. What do you see on the screen right now? Look at the lines at the bottom, by the way. I see the Lions plus 25,000. I mean, I would put some on it, but that, put a dollar that on might it. be a waste. Put a dollar on I, it. The, the thing that jumps out at me is first, the Rams aren't on here. Yep. Cooper Cup is injured. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay, a 500 team. I don't see them necessarily winning the conference, but I see them making a run. Dallas, to me, they're still soul searching for an identity. Minnesota's a squad that people won't believe in until they see it. But the one thing about Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, they're making you believe. Kirk Cousins, Hawkinson, they're making you believe. I love their D-backs. I've been talking about that all season. But to me, the cream of the crop have to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. I was looking at the 49ers and I was thinking, and I'm going to tell you this a couple more times this year. In the mid-80s, they had the actual Joe Montana under center. Roger Craig, Dwight Clark, John Taylor, Jerry Weiss, they were stout on offense. When I look at this team, I'm like, wait a minute. All of their skilled players can actually do a, a sweep if you need to. All of their players can actually catch a short ball, whether it's McCaffrey or whoever they have as a skilled player, it can take it to the house. And so adding those weapons and Kittle at tight end also, the sky's the limit to me for the 49ers offense. And so to me, the Eagles and the 49ers right now are the teams to beat in the NFC. I think that would be a great NFC championship game. And, and when you look at the 49ers, their best running back is one of their best receivers, and their best receiver is one of their best running backs. And they have a coach that can cook up offensive schemes to put them in positions, which is one of the reasons that I truly do believe in the 49ers. And when you watch their defense, it's not like they have like one or two stars. They all just swarm to the ball and fly to the ball. They're great defense. Their offensive, like skilled players and their scheme is really what has me saying that they, to me, are my personal favorite to win the NFC. Behind the Lions. Behind the Lions. Because look at, <laughs> if, you get tw- if you put down $100 to win $25,000, like, who knows? Dan Campbell's got him on a win streak. You never know. You never know. You never know. I'd put them right below the 49ers in the okay. NFC, but above the Vikings. They can yeah. still win the division, Jalen. Well, I was going I back and forth between the Monday Night Football game and a great game between the Boston Celtics and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jason Tatum has been on an absolute tear of late. 27 points, 10 rebounds in this one. They got a tight win. The Celtics have now won seven in a row, Mr. Rose. What do you think about this streak in Tatum? So people talk about best backcourts in the league, and you can never dismiss the Splash Brothers or even Chris Paul and Devin Booker for the work that they put in. And Steph Curry's outstanding this year. But that actually resides in Boston with Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. And the play of Smart has been a game changer, not only playmaking and getting assists, you know he's going to play defense, but also giving you the points also. Brown had 26 points, as you mentioned, Tatum. But SGA, if you watch Jalen and Jacoby, you already know that's the most underappreciated and acknowledged greatest player asset in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But since Oklahoma City has been 
giving up players in order to get lottery picks, it's hard to see them on the big stage. But you know one thing they haven't done is trade him. No. You notice that? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, they turn over their roster a whole lot. <laughs> they got picks for the next 30 years. They kept him. You know what I'm saying? And rightfully so. He can blow by anybody. Left hand, right hand, jump off both feet. He's a terrific young prospect, but it's great to see the Celtics reestablish themselves defensively. And really, that's been the catalyst towards their wins. We always talk about how good the Celtics defense is, and Shea Gilders-Alexander put up 37 on that defense. Easy. We've been celebrating him for years, and it feels like this is the year when the rest of the world joins the celebration. <laughs> now, you talked about all the picks they have in the lottery picks, and a lot of teams are tanking. And they have their eye on a young man out of France named Victor Wembanyama, and he played yesterday, played over 20 minutes, had 19 points, three for six from three. Jalen, he looked so good, and he did another one-footed three-point shot. What do you think about this footage from the young Big Ben? Look at this All shot. this talk about tanking just remind me of Master P and No Limit Records. Here's, here's the thing about blank check. Victor Wimanyama. And why do I call him that? Endorsers, leagues, sponsors are literally going to be lining up and say, just sign your name. And he deserves that. How about the jumper at the top of the floor, Jacoby, where he turns around and looks the other way before it goes in? And you're right. He did shoot it with one leg more than mm -hmm. one time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. More than one time. Like this dude is seven foot four with a seven foot nine wingspan, stepping into a shot, looking like KD effortlessly. Ooh. Look Ooh. at this. Come on, man. That's just crazy. The talent and the ability and the skill that he has. The sky is the limit for his potential. So Jalen, when you look at a team like your Pistons, that's what I want to talk about. A team like that it has a good young core that can make a push for the play-in, right? When you think about that, would you rather your Pistons make a push for the play-in and sort of play down their chances at landing Wimbanyama? Or at some point in the season, do you think they should do what many teams will eventually do, which is tank, just to get a 14% chance to potentially put him in your uniform? So here's the thing. If you don't want Victor Wimbanyama on your team, you're foolish. And you know Detroit Pistons are my favorite team in the history of sports. So absolutely, I want him on our team. The thing that's happening with the squad right now is Kay Cunningham is injured, Jacoby. And a loss like last night to the Raptors does now put us in position of the lottery, um, the lottery teams that either might fight for the play-in or, as you mentioned, go for the lottery picks. So I believe over the next handful of weeks, that gets sorted around the league. And I want to look at another team, too. Utah, Oklahoma yep. City. See, they got a treasure chest of picks. And so they've been doing that to put themselves in position that if they don't get the number one pick, they can try to package number ones in order to get that number one pick. But whoever gets this year's number one pick ain't no one's trading. trading that. No one's trading that. There's, there's, <laughs> you know nothing. there's no there's nothing you can put together to get me so to trade against the them. number one pick. Yes. And one thing that's happened is the way that the league shout to Commissioner Silver has flattened out the percentages to get the number one pick. Like 
If I'm the Pistons, I'm doing everything I can to win every game possible because a 14% chance is not that very high of a chance. It's not worth sort of killing the culture and going into the tank unless Correct. it happens naturally through injuries or something like that. So I think a lot of these teams Correct. like that you mentioned, the Jazz, the Spurs, the Thunder, the Pistons, Houston. will do everything they can to win games, but some teams will just lose them anyway. And you know exactly which ones those are. Jalen, who is joining us in just seconds on the program? Funny man, Drewski joins the program. You've seen him with Drake, J. Cole, and Lil Baby. Next, you'll see him with Jalen and Jacoby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from the Seaport, New York City, and brought to you by Gray Goose. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, who is joining us right now? Industry tastemaker, one of the funniest people in the game who continues to evolve and continues to elevate. Drewski! I like the way you put Jaylen that, Jalen. Jacoby. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you did that, man. I feel good I about you, myself family. now. No <laughs> yeah. doubt, no doubt. Yeah. You out here yeah. killing the game. It's only right. Thank we you, had to man. pay you proper homage. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much for taking the time, Drewski. And um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is you've got an upcoming stand-up comedy tour. Yes. And a lot of your comedy is done via social media yes. and, you know, with your phone. How do you sort of balance those two different styles of comedy and blend them together? Well, you know, when I was born, man, I had something called God with me. <laughs> so I ain't yeah. got no fear, man. <laughs> I know we got this. If I got yeah. him in my life, I got this, man. So we coming into this no strong... Doubt. Uh, yeah, but on a real note, it takes time, man. Uh, you know, I, I just put in a lot of work. You got to put months in before this. We got months now, like three, four months going into this uh, before we get out on that road. So this is a three-month tour, and we got like 100 shows to knock out. So, Jeez. yeah, man, we got a lot ahead of us. Drewski, you've been killing them with your comedy. Sky's yes. the limit for your potential. I have to ask you, when did you decide in your life that you were funny and you wanted to pursue this as a career? Um, I think as a kid, I kept getting in trouble for being the class clown. And uh, I think I, I knew it, I knew it was something there. I was still getting whoopings though, so I ain't, <laughs> I, don't know for, I don't know if I was for sure I was supposed to be doing it, but I knew, I knew something. I said, I'm good at it, but I keep getting whoopings. So I'm, it was a little backwards, man. But uh, yeah, uh, I think very early on, I used to, you know, make my classmates laugh. So I knew something was there for sure. I mean, it's one thing to make your classmates laugh, and it's one thing to sort of like be the funny person in your social circles. But at what point in your life were you like, you know what? I can actually make this a career. Like I can, I can get money from this. Like when did that sort of click for you? Um, I think in college, because at, at first I was really in high school. You know, you really are still trying to find yourself. Uh, college when you have that time off, you know where you by yourself and you just really around a whole bunch of people that ain't got nothing going on other than just going to class every day 
and kicking it at the crib, I think I, it was a wake-up moment, man. I just had to wake up and figure out what my true calling was. And I didn't notice I could make good, good money until I got that first check now. That first check. <laughs> The first real so, one, because you know it always be the little ones that ain't that don't they don't, that, they don't matter. But so, that first real one, so, it's a wake up call. Exa- so here's how this works: you're you're famous, famous now. Drake knows yeah. you, Lil Baby knows you, Chris Brown knows Brown. you. But I want to take you back to the beginning when you got that first check. What skit was it? What mm. comedy set was it? What mm. was the first time you was like, all right, this was funny and I got paid? Yeah, man. Um, I think the first first big one, because, you know, it always be like the little bags. The little bags is cool, but they ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of the social media, you know, where you do a little promo here and there on the side. You know, that ain't that's kind of cool, but it ain't nothing. I think the first big one I did was the uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later music video with Drake. And that mm. was the one where I was like, I showed my mom the check and I showed my family. I'm like, dang. You know, this is this this is different. If I could make this, but you know, I think it was just it was so inspiring to see and like to work with somebody like him and um, just seeing what all goes into it. I I learned so much from just that being my first big role in something. You know, uh, I I was definitely nervous. Uh, I was excited, but I think he made it. Him and his team made it like perfect for me to you know shine in that environment. So we always talk about the origin stories and the first check and this and that, but let's let's move it forward, right? Because you are you've got your comedy tour coming up. Because everything about ain't about money, y'all. No, no, exactly. Like At you got all. the comedy tour coming up, and where do you want to grow from here? Like, are we gonna do some acting? Are we gonna get some roles? Are we writing? Like, like what is next for you? How do you expand upon what you've already built? Um, I definitely want to do so much, man. I think with with being so young in my career and like just becoming so popular now I, I, I've expanded and trying to do so many things but I like to slow it down a little bit and make sure I hit on the stuff that I know I always wanted to do I think acting is one of them um, selling out a stadium one day is definitely another uh, yeah I just got so much man I got I, I, I have organizations I want to establish and like put money into you know um, with my brother having a disability I definitely want to put money into having like my own organization and raising money for people with uh, mental disabilities and mental disorders. Uh, yeah, I, I got so much, man. I, I definitely, you know, just got to take it one day at a time and try to just be the best comedian I can be. You know, that's the lane that that's going to open up for me. So, I, I definitely, we definitely applaud your philanthropic spirit and not only want to give back to your family, but your community. I want to also ask you, as you talked about your stand-up comedy and Jacoby mentioned you crushing them on social media. Who were your inspirations with stand-up and one of your inspirations on social as it relates to comedy? Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, i say one of my biggest inspirations in comedy was Kevin Hart and just seeing all the hard work he's put in and just watching. I, I used to study like the behind-the-scenes stuff, like his documentaries and stuff, just watching all, everything that went into doing what he does, you know? Um, yeah, definitely inspired by him on the stand-up side. I think the biggest inspiration on the social side is some of like the heavy hitters that were doing it before me, man. Like the the comedians that paved the way on socials. Like you got your, your Ha Ha Davis, you know, um, your Desi Banks out there, uh, your DC Young Flies, you know, those type of people mm-hmm. that really was doing it 
before me and made that transition into stand up and doing great things now, you know. Um, but yeah, I got to give it to them, man, for sure. No doubt, they killing them. Yeah. So you represent Georgia in Atlanta. So I want to ask you about your Hawks. Georgia. Right? We bring in DeJounte Murray. How do you feel about the state of the Hawks right now? Well, the Hawks, like I said, man, um, I've been doing some assistant coaching down there. Oh. they don't. I'm not getting paid for it. I ain't getting paid for it. Um, I can't admit I ain't getting paid. But I'm, I'm helping them out. I'm trying to put together a team. I've been doing some recruiting. I got an AAU team called Should Have Been Stars. And uh, so, you know, as we continue to multiply players, I, I'm trying to get some of these 12 and under kids to eventually start playing for our Hawks in the city. Yeah. We working, man. The Hawks, we ain't all the way there yet, but we coming. We coming. They, they working, absolutely. Now, I have to ask you, for somebody that's never been to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I spend a lot of time there, Jacoby and I actually met in Strokers in Atlanta. Oh, hold on. If you want to give somebody a heartbeat of what it's like to be in Atlanta, what are some of the things you would tell them makes you an ATLian? Okay. Um, Make sure you know somebody when you uh, roam in the streets at night. Cause uh, that's that's one thing. Just makes either get in your Uber or go home, man. Uh, yeah. It's a good side, you know. But you got yeah. you know. No doubt. No doubt. Hey now, go Please go to bed. Watching. Go to yeah. bed. You know. Uh, but yeah, no, I love Atlanta, man. Atlanta's got some of the best chicken wings, um, some of the best spots to go out, you know. Um, but like I said, if you don't know nobody, go home. I ain't lying. <laughs> as, as a true ATLian, I have to ask you this. I know you're going to have the answer right up top. Yes. What's your Waffle House order? Ooh, man. Mm. You know, mm. I like to do a, a, a egg and cheese. A egg and cheese, mm. you know, they do the little the griddle. So you got to ask for the Texas toast. Eggs and cheese. And um, I like the, uh, and the All-Star. All-Star is one of the ones I, I got to have. Yeah, for sure. Scattered, covered, mm-hmm. smothered. For me. And I tell Jacoby, Waffle House is an institution, okay? Oh, man. They get it, it in there, ca- too. It yes. ain't, the food ain't good unless they fighting. <laughs> I tell people all the time, the food the food ain't good unless they fighting in there. It got to be some type of altercation. It's not at least an argument. Yeah, it, wrong Waffle man, House. Man, I got to have, she got to have some type of attitude when she's taking your order, you know? Like, it's something that, it's something about that taste that they put in there. It's, um, Mm, so, mm, mm, so, so you're studying comedy as a student. Yes. Can you acknowledge a couple of your favorite stand-up shows as a fan? Mm, mm. Um, one of the best ones I ever seen was uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Killed it. Same with Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. Bernie Mac also mm-hmm. has an amazing set. I think that whole Kings of Comedy tour was yes. Bro, I haven't seen anything like it since, honestly. Legendary. Like, to come together and they do something so huge. I, I'd love to do that one day with other, you know, fellow comedians that are coming up as well with me. But, um, yeah, man, you can't top that. That's That was one of the best performances. And watching how engaged the crowd was when, like, Steve Harvey would come out and Bernie Mac would come out and kill it at the end of the night. And just the relatable jokes by Sex Entertainer, man. Oh, my God. He came out with the music, Cutie Pie, mm-hmm. D.L. Hughley as well. Mm-hmm. That was a classic. Yes, yes. I saw that show like 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> so I got a sports question for you. What's so up? So you talked about the Hawks. 
If you were to play a sport professionally, mm-hmm. what which one would it be in what position for what team? Ooh. Play sports professionally. Well, I used to play a little fullback back in the day. But I always wanted to play running back. You know, I, I'm agile. I'm very, I'm very agile. I, I, I move a lot. You know, um, they called me dancing horse. Actually, my head coach used to call me dancing horse. I got good hips. Y'all laughing? I got good I hips. Didn't see you really did I call got good hips. Horse. Yeah, I got called dancing horse. But uh, yeah, I was a fullback for about you know six, seven years. Uh, little league. Uh, got to got to the real um, league, and uh, yeah, they they tried to put me at uh, lineman, but um, mm. yeah. Yeah, but so uh, that, yeah, I always dream. I always dreamed to be a running back, though. That's that's what really I wanted to do, though, for sure. So, so this is like mastering your role. I gotta, I gotta drill down on this. The fullback does all of the dirty work, mm-hmm. right? Lead mm-hmm. blocker, pick up the blitz to the mm-hmm. point now where the fullback isn't even really used in football. Yeah. So yeah. just talk about those years when you were playing fullback mm-hmm. and you really wanted to be yep. running back. You had your Al Sot, you had your uh TJ Duckett, that oh the Jerome Bettis. Boy, mm-hmm. I thought I I thought I was gonna be that. I thought I was gonna be that. I ain't lying to you. I really used to uh the fullback back then, you pick up like five, ten yards for the team. You might even get the touchdown when we need that extra score, you know. So um uh-huh. Yeah, man. I think fullback was needed then. They don't need them too much no more, though. Yeah. <laughs> them boys getting to it. I seen somebody run yeah. a four uh, a four one the other day. Yeah, man, they, they spread need, it you out. Don't no, you don't need no fullback. No. <laughs> Block it if you get that. You gotta run that whole team. Yeah, a short pass is a run play now. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. So Drewski, we wanted you to join us on one of our signature segments. It is now time for soft move or boss move. Okay. Courtside, feet on the wood. DJ Khaled loves his sneakers. Loves his sneakers so much. He brings a satin pillow for his sneakers. Soft move or boss move? Sneaker pillow courtside at the Heat game. Oh my God, that's a boss move I ever seen. (laughs) God did. God did. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Matching too. Anybody. For anybody that's ever bought expensive shoes, tell them, Drewski. Oh you don't want to scrape up the bottom in case yep. you decide to take them back. Mm-hmm. Boss in move. Case you de- <laughs> in case you decide to take them back. You ain't lying, bro. One thing I love about this is, is play it again, Javi. It's the tassels for me and the trim of the pillow. Like That's not just a pillow. It's a satin pillow, custom. And look at the tassels in the trim, Drewski. Look at that. Look at that detail. Man, how did they even let this happen? What? And he put We the Best on it. You know he's going to brand it now. Yeah, yeah, no definitely. question. Boss definitely. move. Boss, Boss move, move for sure. DJ Khaled, ice down front row. Just making sure he represents his Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you, Drewski, Drewski courtside, Hawks game. We need your version of this. I got you. We, I'm, I, might, uh, I might kick my feet up. You know, I like to sit back, relax. You bring an ottoman? Uh, <laughs> gonna bring some furniture? Yeah. I like bring an ottoman and have your feet up. I like that. I like that. You for can sure. trip a referee. For sure. Yep. Drewski, thank you so much for coming through. Jalen and Jacoby. 
Oh, you got a question? I'm trying to wrap it up. I'm trying to wrap it up. Jalen, you so crazy, boy. (laughs) Drew Scott, I got to ask you. I got to ask you a Thanksgiving Day question. We argued about this on the show. Okay. Is turkey overrated? Will Cajun turkey change your life? And tell me what you and your family are going to be doing this Thanksgiving. Okay. Um... Turkey ain't overrated, man. You gotta, you gotta have a turkey. Now, that's that's like, come on, you can't have Thanksgiving without Dry. turkey. Dry. Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, I think my family, I think we're gonna get a caterer, man. I don't know if y'all seen any clips from my grandma. I'm gonna show y'all some pictures. Well, my grandma, she's retiring from cooking. She, mm-hmm. she, she, like y'all ain't about to have me. Love that. Raising hell trying to cook, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, some of her famous dishes, she made like a. Um, Y'all remember in the Grinch, they had the uh, roast beast, mm. and they put the little pineapple. Mm. She tried to make something like that. Ooh. It was horrible. I hope she ain't watching. Oh, my God. God bless her heart. God bless her heart. She made some macaroni and didn't melt the cheese last year. Oh, no. God bless her heart. Why is God Grandma bless- taking strays, Drewski? God, God bless her heart. Um, yeah, she, I think we, yeah, she retiring. I, and, and, and not... Well, she, she's just going to retire by force. We're going to make her retire. I'm going to get in the caterer. She didn't want to retire. God bless her heart. But, um, yeah, man, we're going we gonna to make her retire. Because, she lost the job. Yeah, she Jacoby lost. Wow. Jacoby I'm going to show you the clips. Turkey's overrated. Turkey's overrated. There's, there's a reason you only eat it once a what year. It's dry. To, no, thank you. Turkey is deep wild. I like overrated. to try that. I ain't, never, I ain't never had no deep fried turkey on Thanksgiving. You got to um. have your caterer this year. Make mm-hmm. y'all a deep-fried turkey. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Game changer, family. <laughs> All right, I got another question. We're going to overtime. Drewski, you mentioned Atlanta. You yes. mentioned wings. Yes. Drums or flats? There's only one right answer. Hopefully you get it right. Mm. I like all the food questions y'all ask me. Y'all don't do this for nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do this for nobody else on this show. <laughs> um, I'd say all flats. All Thank flats you. is Atlanta, man. Thank Atlanta, you. all flats. Thank you. Gotta have that. <laughs> Thank you. Gotta have that. Appreciate that. It make Appreciate it better. Thank you for joining us, family. Where can Thank everybody y'all. check you out? What's next? What's next? When, where? Where can we see you? Uh, March, I think, 3rd is the first show on the Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda Tour. Y'all make sure y'all come out and support me. I'm going to post all the stuff when I do my next Coulda Been Live on Instagram. Uh, Drewski on all socials. We're going to be selling tickets soon, and we're going to be selling out these arenas. Let's get it. So make Let's sure get y'all it. There. Thanks so much for doing the show. We'll be back with more. You You are watching Jalen and Jacoby. Look at what is on ESPN tonight. First, it is Kentucky-Michigan State at 7, and then we find out where the Michigan Wolverines are in the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings. And then at 9.30, it is Duke against Kansas. What a night on ESPN. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, what do we do every single day on this program? Sadly, we're still here to acknowledge the fact that Brittany Griner is wrongfully detained in Russia now 271 days. So we here at Jalen and Jacoby wish her health and a speedy, safe return to the United States. Jalen, the champion Warriors have kind of sputtered out of the gate. They are 6-8 and eight right now, and while their starting lineup core is playing great, it's the young players that they're trying to work in, like Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman. And the latest news that we have now is that Wiseman is going to go down to the G League and sort of get some reps and get some time and sort of 
feel himself out and then rejoin the Warriors later in the season. What do you think about this news? It's pretty surprising to me. I think that they have shown that their player development is outstanding. And look no further than Jordan Poole. How just a couple of seasons ago, he was in the G League. Now he got a big time deal as a major rotation player and an NBA champion. For Wiseman, their offense is hair on fire, pass, move, and cut. They are trying to get Steph Curry shots and keep the floor open. He's a post guy. He's not going to have that level of movement and cutting. It's just not going to be his game. He's going to bring a different element. So you send him to the G League, hopefully get him some quality minutes, allow him to dominate that opposition, and hope when he comes back, in particular against second units, he'll be able to give you some points in the paint and some confidence. It's hard to gain confidence, get reps, and get shots when they're trying to get Steph shots, they're trying to get pool shots, they're trying to get clay shots. And as we end this show, I'm taking the last shot. Appreciate the love. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Rose, before we get to some very important Thanksgiving themed voicemails, a couple things I just want to get your thoughts on. Okay. I want to apologize to our listeners. Um, I didn't get Jalen Rose's take on this earlier, and I should have, but I, as I always said, I don't have a time machine, so we can talk about this now. Jalen, you're familiar with the business that is FTX, right? It is sort of a, yep. a web 3.0 exchange. They sponsor the, the Miami Heat's court, which I mm -hmm. thought was a big move for, you know, sort of a new company. Turns out that, uh, the person who founded the company has just misplaced about $2 billion of the client's money and people started asking for their money, which is something I've always wondered about banks. Like if everyone withdrew their money from the bank at once right now, the whole banking system would just collapse, which does not make me feel comfortable. It makes me feel a little bit like taking all my money and putting it in a shoebox. But Jalen, what do you feel about this controversy? The fact that this sort of like gentleman has been illegally transferring money into various different companies and investment firms and kind of misplaced a couple billion dollars. So a couple of things. Proper money management isn't having large amounts of cash sitting in the bank account. I don't care what bank it is. That's first and foremost. Second, I saw that their sponsorship with the Miami Heat is basically um, null and void. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I thought about is I like things that are tangible. And for me, cash is king. And so when I hear the terms crypto in cash, those don't register in my brain equally because one is something tangible that I can see, feel, and touch. And the other one is abstract in a lot of ways. And so I don't want to be behind on what might be next. But also I look at it as TikTok. Initially, I wasn't going to join it. My daughter, Mariah Rose, is one of the greatest influencers that exists currently on TikTok. Because I'm a social, because I'm a public figure, however, at some point, it's best if you're going to do a show on AMP, a show on New York Post, 
a couple of shows on ESPN that you need to expand your social media. So I remember arguing with you about, yeah, I got Twitter. Yeah, I got Facebook, but I ain't joining Instagram. I don't need Instagram. I'm not a photographer. That's what you started saying. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a photographer. Why would I be on Instagram? I ain't trying to take pictures. I ain't trying to have nobody. I, have I don't like pictures. pictures like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so at some point, I had to acquiesce a couple of years ago and join IG. I did the same thing for TikTok, except I have somebody else post on all of those pages in theory, because I don't have the bandwidth to go back and look at them all day. It's too much. I don't know how people juggle multiple sites all day. It takes too much time for me. And so based on that theory, Jacoby, I hate to see anybody, quote unquote, get their money stolen. I watch shows like um, uh, 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 America's, what, what is it called? Um, uh, um, <clears throat> with, with, uh, America's Crooks or, or whatever, or MSNBC. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I forgot what that show's called, where, where, where they show how people set up all of these schemes and Ponzi schemes and all of that to steal people's money. And so, in theory, it, it, it highlights why I'm personally, and I want to ask you, are you not invested in the crypto space in any way, shape, or form? Well, I am not invested in the crypto space, but I'm also not, not as rich as you are, so I don't have money to play with. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm very conservative with my money management. And I also feel like um, the people that I know that are into it and that do trade in the Web 3.0 stuff, they work at it. They research. They're not just haphazardly going around and buying stuff. They put time and effort into it, treat it like a job, and get good results. And another thing that my wife has done is she's done a little crypto trading, but she took like $2,000, and the second she got $2,000 back, she just put that away. You know what I mean? So like the second she doubled her money, she took her initial investment and brought it back into sort of a more traditional sort of investment properties. So it's kind of like she's playing with house money at this point. I would do something like that because I don't like putting my money in places I don't understand. And I've spoken to really intelligent people about cryptocurrency and they all start like the first 20 seconds of the, of the explanation, I'm with them. They're like the blockchain, it's like a ledger. A bank is just like a leather, ledger and the blockchain is a digital ledger that is decentralized. So it's not the government and the banking system controlling where the money is flowing to and from. And then they keep explaining what the blockchain is. And then my eyes gloss over and I don't really understand what they're saying anymore. <laughs> so that's not a place where I wanna put my money. You know what I mean? Like when I invest in like index funds, I understand what that is. It's just a very conservative investment basically in like a a large swath of different individual stocks. But I don't put my money in places that I don't fully understand. But here's one thing that I wanna get on the therapy couch with you for a second, Jalen. I don't know why I feel this way, but I'm just gonna be honest about my feelings. When something like this happens and individuals lose millions, millions of dollars, why am I a little bit happy because it's not me. Like, why is there a little bit of like schadenfreude for me being like, see, I never put my money in there. You guys did. It, it, it screwed all of y'all over. Why would other people being screwed over make me happy? Because that is just like a negative evil way of approaching life and perspective. But I'm being honest about the way I feel. 
I got to tell you a secret. You just used the word. There's a half of your brain called negative Jacoby. Yes. That it might be more literally is a segment on this show and everything. And so I don't know why you would be happy to watch other people either. lose their money. That is an evil I, way of I, looking at the world. Why am I this way? I, I think it's called America's Criminals or something. I literally be watching this on MSNBC all of the time because, <clears throat> because like sports or anything else, I be scouting for certain um, keys that I see happen. And so I want to make sure that they don't happen to me. And you said something that's extremely important though. Being knowledgeable about your money. I'll never forget, I was on the bus and I was playing for the Bulls and we was going to or from practice. And I was just thinking about my life, thinking about not going to the playoffs. I really was planning like what I was gonna do next. That's the year I started working in the media also. And I was looking around, and this is before social media. At that time, all players would read the newspaper and the sports section in particular. Mm -hmm. So I remember sitting in the back of the bus thinking, each person on this bus is reading the sports section, but paying somebody to manage their money and trade in the stock market. And I thought about something. If you're gonna work on Wall Street, guess what you're reading? The Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you're an expert at what you're doing. And so I was like, I don't mind paying people to make decisions with my money along with me but I'm gonna make the knowledgeable decisions that make me comfortable with my money so I can be the expert, if that makes sense. So for example, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room to know this. In 1995, this property cost $50,000. I put $30,000 in it, that's 80 total. 10 years later, it's worth 120,000. That's math you can pass on for generations to come. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to follow that or build on that. Oh, thank you. America's greed. America's <laughs> greed, thank you for sharing that. That's the name of the show. And so my guy Mike, my associate producer in Detroit just got that to me. And so again, be an expert at what you do but to your point, do like Joey did on things you're not knowledgeable about. Like if I start talking about large caps, small caps, insurance bonds, you know, trading, like that's a whole new language. That's a whole new lifestyle. They're, they're experts at doing that. And so that's what my advice would be. And my advice to you is never be mad, never be happy when somebody loses their know. money, dog. I'm, I'm just, you know what? I'm just trying to improve. You ain't, I, people, I'm just trying to improve. When, when, when you lose at the casino, imagine if somebody was standing over your shoulder like, yeah, yeah, that's what he get. You know, lose dog. that ESPN money. Yeah. Okay. First of you all, you wouldn't like it. 
First of all, you're the dude at the craps table that bets the don't come line. You know what I mean? That's you. That is you. All right? So don't even act like that's a hypothetical scenario, okay? Because I've played craps with you before. I don't know why you're doing this. Like, it's supposed to be a vibe. We're supposed to all be on the same team, rooting the same way. But you're sitting there rooting against your peers to lose money to a casino. I'm betting with Please. the house. Oh, bet with the please, house. please. If you bet with the house every single time, you're going to win. That's like Jalen Hurts touchdowns rushing. I said he's going to have two passing, one rushing. Bet on it every week. There are a lot of people that hit you and me yesterday that cashed in on that bet. Well, Jalen, I did something better because you don't get great odds with that. So I went money line Eagles parlayed with the Jalen Hurts touchdown, right? Ooh. I was like, then I saw him get the touchdown. I saw the way the game was flowing. And I was like, I think I bet $20 or something or like $30 to win whatever. They had a cash out option in the middle of it. I was like, let me just take this money because I don't know if the Eagles are going to win this one. (laughs) I was like, let me me just quit while I'm ahead here after that touchdown happened. And it looked like the Eagles were going to win, but I had a little feeling about that one. I'm glad I got out when I did. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. We asked you to call in and give us your your Thanksgiving questions, traditions, dishes, thoughts, and you came through like you always do. You can still get in on the action. Call 9580-JALEN. Leave us a voicemail about Thanksgiving. We'll put it on the show just like this one. Uncle Jalen, Uncle Jacoby, I look forward to Jacoby measuring the caucasity of my voice. This is Ben from the Bay Area. Just heard the amazing caller who's marinating his turkey multiple days and zesty Italian juices and spices. And you know what? Kobe, you're a die easy fan about everything. You're even die easy about turkey going on and on about how you don't like turkey, you'll never like turkey, everyone can say it's good, and you'll never say it's good, and just negative Jacoby hardcore on turkey. Then you hear about the zesty Italian spices, and now you're all in. Just (laughs) like your die-easy fandom with sports teams. (laughs) Definitely fits. And I have to say, you know what? You don't like turkey. You just don't like them. Us turkey lovers, we don't want you over here. We don't want you on our side. Stay over there, like John Morant would say. I love the grilled turkey idea. That's genius. But you know what, Jacoby? You're die easy about everything, including turkey. And that's why we love you. Thank you. Peace. Love that caller so much. Big shout to Ben from the Bay. Shout out, Ben. I'm not falling for that trap. He wants me to evaluate the caucasity of his voice, but I'm not falling for that trap because (laughs) I have a feeling that Ben might not be white or black. Just leave it at that. And I will also say this, that if if you were going to make me draw a line in the sand, like, don't threaten me with hating on Turkey harder. You know what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> don't, like, it, it's like, if you're really going to, if, if I can't even enjoy the smoked zesties, the zesty, the zesty Italian marinade for two days, and then he breaks its back and spreads it out like a hog and smokes it for hours, that sounds delicious Ooh. to me. But something tells me that 
one out of 100 turkeys is done that way. And then the other 99 are just trash, dry, whack, and chicken <laughs> is better. So you know what, Ben? I appreciate you making me draw a line in the sand, but that I'm firmly, firmly on the anti-turkey brigade. No thank you, Ben. No thank you. Hey, Ben, thank you for the shout. Appreciate the love. Thank you for the support. I want to interview you a couple of, I want to interview you a little bit about Thanksgiving and turkey, Jacoby, if that's okay. Because this is the holiday season. Sometimes you can be negative, Jacoby. Sometimes you can be die easy. But I want to make sure that people see some things about you that actually are very consistent. So the first question I'll ask, tell everyone why they only eat turkey during Thanksgiving. Because it's an inferior protein. I mean, it's one of the worst proteins possible. And, and the, the reason is because it, it feeds a lot of people, right? It's a, it's a good thing to cook if you've got a lot of people around the table. And it's just like someone called it a tradition, so it is a thing. But it's also kind of like fruitcake. You ever have fruitcake during the holidays? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like It's not good. It does not taste good. I remember my grandparents used to send us a fruitcake every single year during during Christmas, and we would get excited Correct. about it, have a slice, take a bite, and be like, this this is trash, this is trash food. <laughs> the only good thing about the fruitcake was the tin that it came in. So Correct. there is a reason we only have it once a year, because it's trash. There's not another, not another night in the entire year, the other 364, 365 days on leap year, in which you will prepare a turkey. It will happen once a year, only because it is Thanksgiving, and you've been brainwashed into thinking that you have to have turkey. So now let's go deeper into the box score. Why do we eat chicken basically multiple times a day, if not every day? It tastes good. There's multiple different ways you can prepare it. And it's easier to prepare than turkey and takes way less time. That's what I would say. When you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and you're watching, Rawr! the greatest team in the NFL, the Detroit Lions. Name some of your favorite things on the table. And I want to ask our supporters, is turkey the least popular thing on the table? Okay. A couple things about this. Number one, you put enough gravy on the turkey, it'll be fine. It's a vehicle for gravy, okay? So let's be honest, since gravy is delicious. So if you got Stop some gravy, you're gonna, you're gonna have some turkey. But I would say that I love the collard greens that my wife makes. My wife makes the best mac and cheese in the world known as crack and cheese because it's so addictive. We've got sweet potatoes and yams. Those are delicious. We've got um, stuffing, which is fantastic. I would say the only thing on the table that I would power rank turkey over would be the cranberry sauce. The cranberry sauce is there just because it add a little color. You know what I mean? And you might want to spread. You ever do the thing where you take a turkey, a little piece of the turkey, you put a little stuffing on there and a little cranberry sauce and a little gravy and make that perfect bite? It's worth that. But turkey, I'll have like one slice of turkey on my first plate just because it's tradition to get that gravy involved. But after that, I'm good. Gravy can go in the stuffing too. So you just acknowledged your wife's cooking. That Fantastic. means somebody has to do the dishes. Is that a responsibility that falls to you and the kids or does it fall to family and friends when they come by? Well, it's too, uh, my kids are too young. That's my responsibility. And again, like I've said before, <laughs> there's never enough room in the sink or the fridge for all the dishes. <laughs> there's just not. 
and there's not enough Tupperware either. Like, like uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm get ahead of this one. I'm getting ahead of this one. I'm buying a, a bunch of Tupperware like this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just to get it. Or Just another to have it fridge. In the house. You said you was gonna buy another yeah. fridge. I know. But the family's going on vacation. <laughs> the family's going on vacation this year, so this won't be a problem this this time around. Let's listen so to I another. Have a th- <clears throat> I have two more Thanksgiving Day questions for our audience. Is going out to eat at a restaurant on Thanksgiving a soft move or a boss move? Boss move. We did. It. We've done it two years ago. It was amazing. No dishes. No leftovers. No problems. You just go to the restaurant. The house is clean. You come home from the restaurant. The house is still clean, just like you left it. That is why I love going to a restaurant on Thanksgiving. And you get a decent Thanksgiving meal as well if you go to a good place. Absolutely. All right, let's take a voicemail and see what the people have to say. Let's listen to another voicemail. Jalen, Jacoby, what up, though? Let me give a shout out to my boy, Reg the Ledge. Uh, this is Ryan Harris from, from Louisville, Kentucky. So I've been married for about for about three years. Uh, my wife looks like Jacoby. I look like Jalen. And uh, for our first Thanksgiving, uh, it was kind of it was kind of weird because she lives in Cincinnati. I live in Louisville, so we wanted to figure out how to how to do it. And basically, we ate at my at my family's house first around noon. Went up to her family's house uh, around three or four, and up there uh, in the middle of the mill, my wife looks over and she says to her family. Man, when y'all gonna step y'all's game up? Y'all's food ain't nothing compared to Ryan's family. <laughs> so um, the mother-in-law, she looks over at me and she says, "What do y'all do differently that we don't do?" And I'm like, "I mean, shoot, we season our food." So she looks back <laughs> at me and she says, "We season our food as well. So you better eat everything on your plate, or else y'all can continue to just have Thanksgiving down in Kentucky. We don't need none of that." So I'm like, "It's just kind of weird now because it's like." Every time we go up there, I don't really get a lot of portions on my plate when I eat up up in Cincinnati, but then yet they still want to roast me saying I got a baby plate, but I'm trying to finish my meal and make every, everybody happy. So I'm like, it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of a tough situation. What would you guys do in this situation? I got bad news for Ryan. I got bad news for Ryan in Louisville. He's going to have to sacrifice for his marriage. He's going to have to stack a big plate, eat it all of that unseasoned caucasity food. And then <laughs> he's going to have to have a second plate. Because I remember my mother-in-law, was, I swear to God, she would just sit there and just watch me eat to make sure I had enough. It was like I didn't love her unless I ate all of the food yes. on the plate and yes. then another plate. Yeah, Brian, you got no outs on this one. You got no outs, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you got involved. Your wife made a comment. It should have been between your wife and her mom. If that was me, I would just stay quiet and ate my entire food and not said a word. I believe this is universal, but you make me ask: Is it cultural or regional? You know, I use food as a love language. You see me time and time again bring food to wherever we are. Co-workers, friends, family, cooking, buying it. So is that cultural or regional? That is universal. There's every culture, Agreed. every culture just, just wants to see their children be fed. You know what I mean? And, and every, 
and every cooking matriarch wants to see everyone enjoy the food. They want to get the compliments. And also, this is another thing that happens at Thanksgiving every year. Whoever cooked has always like got a little put a caveat on everything. Like, oh, I think I cooked this too much. Or, oh, there's a little bit too much salt in this. But knowing damn well it's delicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, it's like like before you play pickup, be like, oh, like my leg hurts a little bit. Kind of like just to like lower the expectations a little bit. Like yeah, that's what every uh-huh. cooker, every cook does this. When they know they make something delicious, they're always just like putting it down. Or when you see we tee up, tee up the ball on the first tee, you're like, oh, this is my first time out in a month. Just trying to lower the expectations. <laughs> Every cook does this, knowing it's delicious. But I would definitely say that food as a love language is universal, without question. I would say if you've never tried Cajun deep fried turkey, do it this Thanksgiving. <laughs> safely. Please do it safely. Let me say that again. If you've never tried Cajun deep fried turkey, try it this Thanksgiving. It will change your life. And by the way, if you're the person either cooking or buying the food, you get the drumstick leg. That's oh, I don't want the drumstick. Yours. That's the worst part of That's the whole turkey. That's all yours. Worst, worst part of the whole turkey. Drumstick is the Seriously? worst part of the whole turkey. The worst oh part of goodness. the whole turkey. No thank you. No thank you on the drumstick. See, no thank I don't you. love white meat. See, I don't love white meat, even with I'm chicken. A, so I don't love breast. Oh, really. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a breast loving person, in all forms. <laughs> I saw your high school pictures. I understand why, but I don't love the white meat. And so even with turkey, like I want the drum or the leg, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm 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 mm. Let's listen to another caller. Yo, yo. What's up, Jalen Jacoby? Shout out the OG, Reginald, the Legend. My name is Kenyon. You can call me K. I got a Thanksgiving question for y'all. I heard Jacoby talking about how they don't like turkey. I agree with him. Turkey's overrated. But here we go. Here, here's what I'm going to ask. Jacoby, how do you feel about our Thanksgiving with no birds? If you don't rock it to turkey, you just don't spend any time cooking a bird, and you just serve all the sides, mac and cheese, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, green beans. You just go crazy on all the sides, anything you can think of, and just ditch the bird altogether. Let me know what y'all think. I think I'm going to try that this year, but I need my uncle's opinions first, you know what I'm saying? Kenyon, stood man after my own heart. Kenyon knows, he knows what's up. <laughs> All sides. You will not be upset if you go all sides with no bird. But when he said no bird, I was thinking maybe he would do some lamb or maybe he would do a brisket. Because I do support no bird, but I also think there should be sort of a central protein involved on the plate. But if you want to go all sides, I support you. I fully support you, Kenyon. That 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 is a invite me over. I'll bring something too. Here, here's Kenyon. what I support, Kenyon. Just so you know. Fully clear where I stand on this topic. You have to have a centerpiece, and turkey's usually the centerpiece. If not, it could be chicken, as Jacoby acknowledged. But check this out. This is how you do it. This is how you do it big for Thanksgiving. 
for the J&J &J fam. So here's a here's a question I have for our audience. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all! <laughs> Jalen, I have a question for you, and this came up with our colleague Kayla. Kayla's mom, Special K, the honey baked ham gets the honey baked ham right. You know what I'm talking about—the spiral cut honey baked ham. Delicious. I love that. We have it every Thanksgiving. But we heat it. We put it in the oven, let it get warm, and let and then put the drizzle on it, and then serve it. She does not. Cold ham or warm ham on the rose Thanksgiving table. One million percent cooked and warm. Thank I don't you. do cold food, Thank you. fam. Thank I don't you. do cold meat. Let me tell you something. I remember sitting up in the house with my winter clothes on, freezing, sleeping with my coat, sleeping with my hoodie, sleeping with my socks, using a kerosene heater, nose running, sinuses bad to this day. Pissed that I was eating cold cuts when the gas was cut off. Oh man, it's one thing to eat the fried bologna when you can cut the slits in and burn the edges. It's another thing when you can't use the hot plate because the electricity is off. And those sandwiches hit different. That ham hit different. That cold turkey hit different. And I remember looking at my, my lovely mother, Jeannie Cassandra Rose, rest in peace, and telling her, I'm gonna be better than Magic Johnson. I'm getting us out of this situation. I'm gonna make it to the lead. And she looked dead in my eyes and said, you are, but you'll never be better than Magic. Well, one for two ain't bad. Shooting 50% from the floor is not bad. <laughs> Definitely got the family out of the hood into a better spot. Definitely not better than Magic Johnson, but one for two is not bad. 50% from the floor is not bad, Mr. Rose. I was like, what you mean? I'm like, seriously? He's like, no, I ain't. You know, most parents be like, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's yeah, like, yeah. no. You're not even better than Matt Johnson. <laughs> Especially at that time. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. He was, he was at the peak and of his powers. And this is early 80s. Yeah, he was yeah, at the peak this... of his powers. No, no. No, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, man. We really appreciate all the callers. Keep them coming. 98580-Jalen. Leave us all of your Thanksgiving queries. We will be back tomorrow with another dope pod to step to. Why is that Jalen? Anthony Rose. It's because we're not done. We're not done. We are not done. Got to give the